Welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe. And today we continue our month-long conversation on all things digital. Part one was digital disruption. Part two, digital detox. And today, Cecile, we are entering the metaverse. And what a confusing place to be in. It is the one subject that I have collected the most notes on Mm -hmm. and still I'm trying to grasp exactly what it is. And I think all of us are are Mm -hmm. grasping that and it is not, even though we're saying it ourselves, it's not for a lack of intelligence or knowledge Mm -hmm. or or reading. It's just because it is fundamentally based a a lot of what it projects that it's going to do Mm -hmm. on theory, on assumptions of if this, then that, and therefore Mm -hmm. this will happen. We, and that's what, in my opinion, part of it, it is, is very concerning and potentially yeah. dangerous about it. Mm-hmm. But it's also the, the other side of the, has, the glass half full. And that's mm-hmm. why it's also exciting mm-hmm. and interesting. So we wanted to, to tackle it. We want to talk about it because it has a lot of facets and hopefully bring a little bit of education uh, to it. Because mm-hmm. uh, in a recent poll conducted by... LinkedIn, uh, I think it was March of this year, mm-hmm. and in collaboration with Harvard Business Review, which you know I'm a, I'm a big supporter of That's Harvard right. Business mm-hmm. Review and, and the discipline that they take to all the things that they tackle, 70% of people have no clue, have no clue. what the metaverse is. Well, I was and one of those people, and, and you know this is constantly popping up in the news all the time, mm-hmm. so you would think I'd have a, a better grasp of it, but a very simple definition of it. Okay, here we go. Uh, virtual reality space which users can interact with a computer environment and other users. That's just the simple entry-level Wikipedia (laughs) definition of metaverse. And I would add to that that it is in combination of or is largely driven by um, augmented reality Mm -hmm. in uh, in, um, artificial Virtual or, or reality. virtual mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. so it's the combination of all those pieces. But before we jump into the metaverse, we have to talk about Web three because okay. Web three is what is allowing the metaverse right. to exist. And I don't think a lot of people know what Web three is. Just our conversation with mm-hmm. this Web one, Web two, Web three. So what is that? So Web, what we would call Web one, mm-hmm. is the the. The ARV coming to awareness of the World Wide Web, which was mm-hmm. in 1991. Mm-hmm. But the truth of it is, the first um, the first message that was sent uh, through a collection or combination of wires and electricity mm-hmm. sent out there in the ether was actually done by the the U.S. government right. in 1969, and they called it ARPANET. But Globally, in in mass, the World Wide Web came into existence in 1991. So that's what we call Web one. Uh, 1.0 version right? one right version yeah, 1.0 mm-hmm. and then it changed in the 2000s uh to what we now call web 2.0 which uh, the difference between one and, and two very simplistically is that in one we we were able to share information we were able to be connected on a, on a global basis but remember we couldn't really comment on things video was not what there was no social mm-hmm, media mm-hmm. where we could opine we could upload we can share content so that really happened in web 2.0 okay. uh, 2001 2002 with the birth of all these social platforms mm-hmm. and we talked a lot more about that in the second um piece of of this month-long series so when does web 3.0 come in 
So Web3, as it's sometimes mm-hmm. called, is actually now. But the the really interesting thing about this and, and what I think is hard for us to wrap our heads around mm-hmm. is how long this has been planned. So the first, the first pieces, the first blockchain, if you will, which is what this all sits on, mm-hmm. um, w- was created by, by scientists in 1991. So metaverse, the term metaverse, mm-hmm. has been around since the early 90s, or at least the concept of the it. The concept right? of it, mm-hmm. because if we think about it, the, the first time it was coined was in the 90s. And if we then think about it, that the first blocks or the first pieces right. of the blockchain which on which the metaverse exists and Web3 or Web3.0 exists, that was launched back in 1991. Now, the idea really took root and it really came to our awareness mm-hmm. in 2001 when the first bit um, crypto, cryptocurrency. Right? cryptocurrency. See, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. just it. I, well, it's become like like Kleenex or Vaseline. It's just become Bitcoin is, is cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. But yeah. there are lots of different cryptocurrency. There, mm-hmm. There's there's ethos, there's there's all types of cryptocurrencies, and we all know a little bit more about them. Why? Because they've been crashing ever since That's they right. came out, and they crashed famously this this week. So, yeah, so the, the first mm-hmm. cryptocurrency came out in, in 2009. So a lot of people th- see it as that's really when it became started coming into the the, the collective awareness yeah. of most people. Well, and think about it too. A lot of companies before the crash of, of, of Bitcoin and crypto, whatever, um, they were starting to offer, um, make offers to customers saying, hey, you can buy a car from us using mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. You can invest with us using cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It, Listen, there are countries that mm-hmm. are adopting cryptocurrencies right. as a form of, of currency. But but taking a step back as to what is what is a cryptocurrency and how does that exist and how do we we even think about mm-hmm. that being actual cash? I know it makes it seems to make infinite sense to certain generations, to to the millennial generation, mm-hmm. to the Z generation, and of course to our generation as well. But the 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 foundation of a, of a, of a cryptocurrency or the foundation of a web three is that it exists in a distributed ledger which means that it doesn't sit in one centralized place but it sits in not in one centralized computer or like mm-hmm. we think about a bank the money sits in your bank although technically it's not there right. but in one place it sits in multiple distributed ledgers available for anybody to that see anybody has access yes, to these ledgers and right? mm-hmm. to, to view and that it offers complete transparency. So um, because of that, it allows people to feel or think that there is more uh, democratization, that you have more control. It's clearer. It's Mm -hmm, clearer. mm -hmm. The other piece that is, I think, uh, uh, one of the the unique features, theoretically, of Web3 is that allows the, the, the us, the individuals, ownership, it allows us to write and and mm-hmm. own what we put out. If you think about Web 2.0, we didn't realize it, and we're beginning to realize it. We didn't realize that the value of these social platforms, the value of being able to do and get and, and, and comment and do all these things for free was that we were freely giving away of our data, freely giving mm-hmm. away of our likes and dislikes, which we talked a lot about mm-hmm. in, in Digital Detox has have pushed us to a to a world where we're getting a lot of suggestions and makes quote unquote our life easier but is it really allowing us to choose we woke up and people are beginning to wake up and realize that all of that was free because in reality we became the product yeah 
what we wanted became the product by which big companies became mm-hmm. very wealthy. So what Web3 cryptocurrencies in a distributed ledger and allowing us to create things that we as individuals mm-hmm. own. But is that what led to NFTs, the non-fungible tokens? Yes. So before I answer that, let, let's let's just go back and, and create a framework. So mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies and things that you can own and buy uh, that exist on Web3 is is a, a permissionless blockchain where there's no centralized control. There's um, you you it it sits on on a on a network of computers versus in one place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it allows people to own different things without having to go and buy and sell without having to go with what we go through now in any day and that we want to buy a mm-hmm. car or want to buy a piece of mm-hmm. property you know we have mm-hmm. to go through paperwork mm-hmm. we have to get a loan from the bank all these things so yes nfts are one of the many things that you can buy and sell and own you can also own property there are oh, companies yeah. that are out there building homes that um that you can buy and there's there's digital deeds that convey ownership mm-hmm. of objects of which nfts are one and to to give the definition of an nft is a digital deed representing ownership over unique a unique digital object uh so these objects can include artwork or digital versions of right. collectibles i have mm-hmm. a friend who is in the process of selling a very unique almost uh, i think there were only 34 made of uh, uh Ferraris that are that is worth I think thirty mm-hmm. or fifty million dollars. Okay, um, and it's selling a digital version of that. Um, and avatars like uh, Yacht Club or Board mm-hmm. Ape. All of us I think have seen Board Ape uh, one uh, at one point or another. In all of these existence of these digital assets, mm-hmm. these digital mm-hmm. things are authenticated on the blockchain, and you own them in Web three as a digital rendition of a, what we other, otherwise would have as a physical asset. Right. I, I, you know, that's a, it's one of those things that for me, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, ready to <laughs> sign up for NFTs at all. I mean, if you own a Picasso, right, you own something like this, it hangs on your wall, you physically own the, the object, but a digital version, which can be copied and yeah, maybe I'm not distributing somebody's digital NFT, mm-hmm. but I can have it as well. I didn't pay all that money for it. You know, it's, uh, people yeah. uh, uh, and the artist people sold a a piece of art on Christie's for sixty nine million dollars as a pure digital art, and it's very I, volatile as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, for example, here here's here's one one of the very first NFTs that went on sale was Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Mm-hmm. He's the founder of, of Twitter, obviously. Um, Sina Estavi, crypto entrepreneur, bought that first tweet for $2.9 million. That is so much money. Two point nine for a digital asset, right, as mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Of um, a tweet. Of a, of a tweet, put it on sale again for $48 million, and the top bid on that was just $280. So oh imagine you make this almost $3 million investment, and the most you can get back is... Is is two hundred eighty dollars? It's it's very very volatile. It's like one yeah. percent of what you paid for it that you ended up getting, and and it is it is mm-hmm. very volatile, and that's what I think is is so concerning. But yes, it's it's what we see whenever there's a new technology, whenever there's a new the learning X, curve, right? the, the mm-hmm. learning curve, and in the and for it to prove out. But on the flip side of this, I, I think when especially when you're talking about NFTs or, or digital assets, there is some benefit, and there is some, in my opinion, some little 
little rays of of truth of possibility to mm-hmm. what is being um, touted as the value of having things built on a blockchain and that it is a decentralized ledger that no one one company control is that we get to to write in how we mm-hmm. want to buy and sell mm-hmm. and trade and especially with with art artists now have the ability to to write into the code that not only are they compensated when they initially sell that nft but if the then owner of that nft the person who bought mm-hmm. it decides to sell it at some point in the future that that artist gets another commission or a royalty right. which doesn't happen now so in that sense um, just like uh, music artists, who the songwriters, keep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there is some value there, but there is still so much that, again, is is based on theory. And you're absolutely right about that, Cecile. There are a lot of positive applications of the metaverse, and for a lot of companies too, mm-hmm. it's a big money maker. They're investing a lot of money in the metaverse, but um, you know, meta the metaverse can be very useful uh, for the education sector, right? Mm-hmm. It gives typical yep. classrooms that realistic approach mm-hmm. where students can perhaps put on a, a virtual reality mm-hmm. um, sort of a headgear yep. and, and basically be in the class in the lecture so that's very helpful and again you can be anywhere in the world it it does have a lot of really great mm-hmm. applications and and those of us who live through endless zoom meetings uh, yep. during the pandemic and even still we know that they were incredibly helpful it allowed us mm-hmm. to stay connected a little bit more humanely during this process and you know grandparents to see their kids mm-hmm. who couldn't see them or their grandkids um we also we we knew it feels less than than real we we see the we we can feel like it's it's better than just over the phone but it's not like being in person and and the the metaverse with its augmented reality and virtual reality and some of this, mm-hmm. these new applications that are being created they really are Juan, mind blowing. Yeah. You feel that you're there. You, you, you feel more connected. You, you. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of, of gosh, almost euphoria. I've, I've tried some of these, these new, these new technologies. I've, I've have a lot of different friends mm-hmm. in the blockchain world, in the meta world, uh, in virtual reality world, and it is. I can see the appeal. I can see the yeah. appeal of having a really hard day and putting on. The, the gear and being in a in a perfect world that mm-hmm. you create creating your own uh, altered sense and your avatar and, and having <laughs> your hashtag best yeah. life you know it, you're talking about zoom this is just a, a funny aside um, when we were having zoom meetings with some new management mm-hmm. that came um, to the office um, we didn't realize, or at least I didn't, that a lot of people were using virtual backgrounds in order mm-hmm. to to block their real home. Yeah, that took or, me about a minute or, to or figure whatnot. that out too. So um, a few of us, after the, the Zoom call would end, would be talking to each other and saying, wow, she has a really nice home. <laughs> what, what beautiful, it's so clean, everything is so well organized, yeah. until somebody let us know. <laughs> No, that's just a, a Zoom background. And think of the generation, the, the technology generation that that image was. Now yeah. now think of it like on super steroids to the power yeah. of 20x. Yeah. That's what that's what the metaverse mm-hmm. is. And and so mm-hmm. we we understand the appeal. And I would imagine that maybe it has some calming effects mm-hmm. to our brain of, mm-hmm. of taking that mental vacation. Yeah. Real estate is also another one of those things. Big thing. Totally benefiting from the metaverse. In fact, um, some companies actually create a virtual home mm-hmm. so they can troubleshoot 
anything before they even lay the foundation of the home. So that's incredible. That's before they even build it. And realtors are also using mm -hmm. um, virtual tours now where you don't even need to go to an open house. Can you, you can see a house across the country, across town without ever stepping foot in it. So Think that's of the another positive. Just the money that I would have saved on all the mm -hmm. mistakes that I didn't have the patience for when right. I've uh, remodeled my house. Yeah, I, I, I think it's... I think it's great or, mm -hmm. or for, think about this, think about, um, the elderly who are maybe, or the, the people who are really sick that are, aren't able to move or have mm -hmm. problems with mobility or, or can't, um, just travel their ability to put on the headgear and visit in a more authentic way or a more mm -hmm. connected way with loved ones and families or get to go see something that they haven't seen I, I would imagine that that's a that's a just a, a beautiful gift and an experience it's really great my nephew has one of those virtual reality headsets and last time I was in town um, he invited me to use them and it really is incredible to the point where I had to sit down because I thought I was going to fall over it was mm -hmm. a, a spider-man game where wow. you can you know fly through a city you can go into buildings yeah. you can interact with criminals and people on the street you can I mean it's so realistic that it it affected my my sense of balance. I thought it was it was so real that yeah. I had so imagine that world. And in fact, a lot of companies are are investing in the metaverse. Yes. For example, billions uh, the, of dollars. Mm -hmm. There's another game my nephews play. It's called Roblox, mm -hmm. um, which simply put is an online platform. You socialize. You play games. Games are created by users and also by the game makers itself. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's free to join, it's free to play, but there are some coins too mm -hmm. that you need to buy mm -hmm. in order to get a better cosmetic for your player or mm -hmm. or better tools to build your house. Anyways, my nephew built a house and he showed me my room in, in the virtual world and all this and that. Again, most of, most of it is free, but um, anyways, for Roblox, for example, in 2021, 43 million daily users. Oh my gosh. So imagine the eyeballs on that. The Gap, for example, set up shop inside this Roblox game uh, to boost teen inclusion and self-expression. So they have a Gap store oh, within wonderful. Roblox. There's a fashion show. There's a juice bar. There's a photo wow. booth in, as well. I mean, imagine all this. It's so crazy. Like, like for me, um, my metaverse was in my imagination. I've, yeah. I've told you before many times that, uh, we would play um, show, you know, uh -huh. at, at, at home and we'd take my sister's jump rope and we'd lay it out. That was the edge of the stage. The Viewmaster um, without the little slide in it was our, our spotlight. Wow. And we would just imagine we had a, a crowd of thousands. Now in the metaverse, you can have that crowd of thousands, <laughs> right? All you need is a headgear mm -hmm. and, and some, some mm -hmm. interesting design. I'm listening to, to, to bring up all these really great points, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know the, 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 the particular game that you're talking about, and it reminds me. Well, I have a couple more examples. I'll, I'll let you go first, but you, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, well, I was remembering nine years ago, we did a project with my team, and, and Sean, mm -hmm. our executive producer, was very much a, a, an integral part of that. We took a brand to South by Southwest, That's which right. is a great festival that back then it was two weeks it had technology and it had um it had uh, uh music and, and entertainment uh, movies mm -hmm. so we created the first fashion house and it was really great and we had a, a live photo shoot live stream photo shoot and one of the things that we proposed to to our client is to to use uh, let's call it a version of of uh of ar of augmented reality it was like 
all of a sudden I was speaking pig Latin to the client because we're trying to explain why this mm -hmm. would be so cool and mm -hmm. then we would have this and, and the QR codes on the clothes so that people could hold up the phone and they would be able to see it and where it was sourced. Um, the price point, first of all, was in the thousands and tens of thousands mm -hmm. of dollars to do this. It was really super cool. We had and it to, was super new too. It so, was, yeah, it yeah. was very mm -hmm. new. We didn't end up doing it because and not only was it a price point, but just our client couldn't wrap their head around yeah. it. And now I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, what your 14, 15 year old nephew and his younger brother are doing by putting on a headset. It is mm -hmm. mind blowing mm -hmm. how fast we have gone in nine years. Yeah, and adults um, love it too. A lot yeah. of adults are buying into these um, VR headsets. Mm -hmm. There's fitness programs you can mm -hmm. buy and all sorts of things. Uh, Lady Gaga just um, licensed her music mm -hmm. to this virtual reality headset where you can play a game where you have to um, use a, a, a laser mm -hmm. to hit certain colors based on the beats and the music. Cool. You know, disguised as as exercise. It's kind of cool. But um, Nike, for example, right? Big sneaker company, big sporting brand. Um, they have something called Nike Land also in the metaverse. So you can try on items, you play games. Wow. And these games encourage you to keep coming back. Of course. Time and time again, you earn points and whatnot. And even Wendy's, fast food. Oh my gosh. Um, Wendy's has a, a very similar um, situation. They've been seeing anywhere from 7 million users um, just as of March, 52 million total users on their metaverse edition of, of, of a Wendy's uh, drive uh, fast up when food uh, restaurant. Yeah. I, you know, I, I digest all of that or not really because there's no calories in the metaverse, which I guess would be an which appeal. Be great. Would be an appeal. I could be at my ideal weight. In the <laughs> That's it. 175. Right? Yes. We could be our six foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> and not a day over 32. <laughs> exactly. uh, we could be our perfect selves in the metaverse, but then how do we then deal? How do we then deal? With reality? Coming back mm -hmm. to real life, looking at ourselves in the mirror, seeing the not 32, mm -hmm. the not mm -hmm. ideal weight, the wrinkles, the tiredness, mm -hmm. all the things that I'm aware How are we prepared mentally and emotionally mm -hmm. to bounce from one world to another. I can tell you the time I had that virtual reality headset on, when I finally finished playing where you felt like you mm -hmm. had to step back and you took it off, there was that feeling of, oh, you know, just just an exhale of, okay, this is the real world. I was, I was in did a- Did you feel happy to be back in the real um, world or what I, did the exhale mean? It, it sort of made me think I wanted to go back too. Yeah. Like it, it, and because imagine. it's gamified exactly. and it's created to keep mm -hmm. you plugged in, to right. keep you like, jacked in. I'd like in. to visit again. And and this the games I was I was playing had no perk to it. I wasn't receiving any uh, monetary uh, coin compensation to come back and play. Well, let's remember the lessons we learned from Web 2.0. Okay. When we were getting all this stuff for free and we thought it was really great. And mm -hmm. what they were really doing was taking all our data and mm -hmm. our preferences and our likes mm -hmm. and then creating products for us, the product, to, to buy. Mm -hmm. You just finished rattling off really impressive numbers of how many millions and millions of people are going to a virtual Wendy's, going to a virtual Nike and trying mm -hmm. on shoes. Mm -hmm. That is the value. The brand is increasing the air of awareness. The brand is increasing engagement because that's what, that is the real value. That is the, the, the value of Web3. That was the value of Web2.0 is engagement, is communication, mm -hmm. is eyeballs, is setting a perception of value 
now in the virtual world as much as it is in the real world. So you may not be getting coins, but for sure, there was an exchange of commerce. Right. And perhaps something that's stuck in my head, perhaps if it's if it's a soundtrack, mm-hmm. I may want to download that music later or, or whatever. It, there is always a value to of it. Of course. Mm-hmm. And starting with the least of which is I want to go back there. Because mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. But again, for, for us, that the things that we talk about mm-hmm. and, and the things that I think is is what why we come together as friends and as, as part of this podcast is to mm-hmm. say everything has a consequence for every action. There's mm-hmm. a reaction mm-hmm. and there's a cost. So are we prepared to bounce from one world to another? And what mm-hmm. are we letting go of of value in real life when we choose to keep going back to the virtual life? Right. And, and what is, what are we giving up? Are we giving up time from away from our friends, from our families, from our communities, mm-hmm. from caring about mm-hmm. what happens in our community, from caring about each other? And it, believe me, we all know that it is infinitely easier to create a perfect life in the metaverse. Of course and not worry about what our life is here. We already know that loneliness and isolation mm-hmm. is on the rise. We already know that we have a generation of people that are having very difficult time dealing with conflict and conflict resolution and changes in their life. Well, what happens if they ch- say, I don't wanna deal with it, I'm just gonna escape to the to the metaverse. Right, uh, last uh, episode we talked about Generation Alpha, right? Mm-hmm. That um, generation that basically came to life replacing Generation mm-hmm. Z. Um, they grew up in a totally digital, um, environment and it starts in 2010 right that's 2010 exactly and some of the problems they found you mentioned some of them reduced attention span Mm -hmm. right it's very harder to stay concentrated in the real world they're socializing a lot less um i I mentioned this last time too my nephew spending so much time in Mm -hmm. his room just on his xbox playing in a virtual world you know he's not out you know socializing also apparently they're less creative there's a little bit less imagination and what you said about the reduced ability to achieve happiness. They've seen an increase in depression, anxiety, loneliness. So while they're hyper-connected, maybe perhaps a little bit more independent, very visual, technological, diverse, there's that flip side of the coin, right? In the flip side of the coin, I think to me, I see it as we become less human. Mm. The minute we start, how are we human? Because we we care, we Mm -hmm. connect, we have a massive ability to to have empathy and compassion. We can rationalize. We can uh, control our emotions. We we can we build things. We are part of a community. Mm-hmm. But the metaverse and living in the metaverse tells you that it is there is a better place to do that, and you can do it alone in your head, mm-hmm. thinking that you're communi- connecting with other people who are alone in their head wherever they may be in the world. And mm-hmm. you're creating a world perfectly the way you want it With to no be. With no consequence either, right? With no consequence. You get to create a world just the way you want mm-hmm. it, perfect. perfect. You you are not uh, subject to what people think or feel about you. You can be mm-hmm. your, like we said, your perfect weight, your perfect height, your perfect anything. And you don't have to deal with other people, which I guess, you know, and there are days where, uh, God, I wish that was my life. Mm-hmm. But that's, does not make us human. Mm-hmm. That takes away, I think, our humanity. And and I think one of the biggest 
tools that we as humans that we develop as we grow and mature is our ability to deal with conflict, is our mm-hmm. ability to deal with other people and our mistakes and, and the consequences of the things mm-hmm. that we say and the things that we do. And not everybody gets a medal. What happens when you try and you fail? All of that, you're, you're removing yourself, especially as kids. You're mm-hmm. removing yourself from that. So we are creating uh, a generation of people that are more anxious the data and the research is in, less able to deal with conflict, that's also in, more isolated, that's also in, mm-hmm. showing signs of, of uh, some social socialized problems. They're not able to socialize and engage with people. That data is also in. Mm-hmm. So uh, that to me is, is what I find so concerning about yeah. the metaverse. And, and the question is, well, how are we going to, I don't wanna use the word regulate, that's a different topic, but are we as people, what tools do we have in our toolkit to self-regulate? Yeah, the genie's out of the bottle mm-hmm. already, so there's no way of putting it back in. Some example that I was thinking of as you were mentioning all those different points is when it comes to conflict resolution, when it comes to, for example, something as simple as a fender bender. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, the two people would come out, they'd move over to the corner, they'd exchange mm-hmm. information. There was some sort of pleasantry, whatever it was, you know, trying to do the best thing. These days, the first thing people do, and I've seen it, is they just reach for their phone, they go their separate ways, or someone reaches for their phone to make a phone call. They can't they can't handle just talking to somebody mm-hmm. else face-to-face mm-hmm. in real life because they're just not accustomed to not it. Not accustomed to mm-hmm. it. And so those are the things that we, we worry about, and that's why we wanted to tackle this mm-hmm. this subject, is to, is to say... There's a lot of good that and and that is that can be achieved and will be achieved because of it. Um, we can't ignore it. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's here to stay. And we all should want to be part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. We all not only just from a conversation of since we do have the ability. That's the that's the 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 appeal to it to write mm-hmm. it to to control it to own it. But we should, as individuals, as parents, as partners to someone's life, as employees, as employers, we should be engaged in that conversation. Mm-hmm. We should talk about what it means. We should talk about how we stay connected to both worlds. We should talk about how we feel about these things and, and the, 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 the challenges, the, the, the volatility of it, mm-hmm. of all aspects. Look, we know that blockchain is here to stay. We know that cryptocurrencies are here to stay. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more and more mainstream. As we said, governments in different countries are using it or staining it as mm-hmm. part of the currency that they use. But there's also a lot of challenges with it. It allows the centralized ledger, it allows for a lot of nefarious, bad, scary things sure. to happen in, in ways that is a lot easier than in the way it's done now through, mm-hmm. let's call it, real hard currencies. But we have to have conversations about this. We have to be invested in our communities in the way things are regulated and overseen and and monitored. And especially when it deals with the metaverse, it crosses so many potential ethical mm-hmm. pieces mm-hmm. that we have to stay engaged. We have to be part of the conversation. I just feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about this. Even we've been on 
talking about this now for almost 30 minutes and I still feel like um, we just scratched the surface. We've just <laughs> scratched the surface here. It, yeah, it feels like an it is an iceberg. It is an iceberg where you see the tip of the iceberg beautiful and it's floating on top, mm-hmm. but the real mass of the iceberg is underneath the ocean right. that we can't see and that is what is really its power and is propelling. So, uh, maybe we'll we'll tackle it some more. There is so much that we we didn't dive mm-hmm. into. Um, but we wanted to start the conversation somewhere. We wanted to to bring it to people's attention. Uh, I know that I resist new technologies because I just want to know how to do the things that I want to do and let the rest go. I, I'm right. not a gamer. I've never played a game other than playing uh, tennis on Wii. Remember? Solitaire, yeah. maybe. No, on, no. <laughs> just, just tennis and yoga on Wii. And Wii was on what? The Wii. So 2010? Oh, yeah. so, so long ago. <laughs> like yeah. the song says. I'm just not built from that world. I I crave human mm-hmm. connection. I crave being out in nature. I crave seeing the wonders of the world that don't exist mm-hmm. between my ears. But we're all part of this world, right? Correct. And we're all moving forward together. So it's either jump on the train and learn real quick or get left behind. Because we have to. We that have world to. is part of our world today. Mm-hmm. And the best way for us to make sure that we have an imprint on what that looks like and how it shapes our lives is by being part of the conversation and not being afraid to tackle it. It was a lot for us to wrap our heads it around. It still is for it me. It still is I, a lot for know. us to wrap our heads around. But it's best to to choose to dive in, start taking some little bites off this right. massive apple that is mm-hmm. Web3 and reach out, have discussions with friends and family, choose to do the research because there's a lot a lot of it and I think we're going to stay committed to updating on this and continuing the discussion as we learn mm-hmm. more as we hear from from our listeners and we really encourage you to to ping us to follow us on Instagram um, and to ask share us your questions ask on us Instagram questions, yeah. um, did we hit all the right notes uh, with this episode of ends with Z let us know what you think I'm very happy taking some some criticism and some critical um, commentary from folks if because they have we'll it. dive in and because we want to learn. We, we want to grow. Yeah. We want to grow from mm-hmm. your thoughts. We want to grow from your perception because yeah. that, at the end of the day, is what we're saying: is stay connected, mm-hmm. stay involved, and stay very much part of the conversation. We've only just begun. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends with Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter.